1: He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain.
0: Welcome to the show. Pain often leads to restricted movements, changes in posture, and ultimately a more sedentary life. And a sedentary life leads to weight gain and deconditioning. When you do move, it now hurts even more. Think about osteoarthritis. It often restricts movement of the spine, knee joints, or hip joints. Think about neuropathic pain from diabetes, for example, called diabetic peripheral neuropathy and how it can make your feet burn, cause balance problems, and just make you want to sit down as much as possible. Needless to say, it's not easy to exercise when you're in pain, yet exercise offers much more pain relief than you might imagine, especially one that emphasizes functional training. Gunnar Peterson joins us once again today. He's a trainer for professional athletes and celebrities like Jennifer Lopez and Sylvester Stallone. Gunnar's approach is diverse and focuses on function. He's developed exercises that help us perform daily activities more easily and with fewer injuries. That's critical for those living in pain. He not only builds beautiful Hollywood bodies, but tailors fitness programs for everyday people. Let's find out more about how he does it.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by St. Jude Medical, Pernix Therapeutics, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Bioness, The Pain Community, Boston Scientific, and New Vectra. For cutting-edge treatments and ways to manage pain, please sign up for weekly emails at paulchristomd.com.
0: Gunner is widely recognized for his expertise in functional training and in designing innovative fitness techniques. In fact, Gunner has created a full service gym design company that combines his training philosophy into high end luxury home and commercial gym spaces. Gunner, welcome back to Eggs and Gains. Thanks for having me. Last time, we talked about functional training that is, how you've developed exercises that allow all of us to perform activities of daily living more easily and with fewer injuries. We also discussed how to build the body's core and then started talking about strategies for reducing low back pain. Let's drill down a bit more into low back pain there's some evidence that exercise may reduce the risk of future back injuries. And I wonder whether your clients have seen a reduction in back injuries or injuries in general due to your functional training approach.
2: A hundred percent. You're stronger. You're more confident. You go into it knowing, first of all, you know how to lift now. Mm-hmm. Right. You know where, when, you, you know, when someone says, hey, can you help me slide this chair over for Thanksgiving or this table leaf, you know not to extend and pick it up. Uh, from a distance, with your legs locked, mm-hmm. you know to approach it, squat down, drive through the floor. with You know, I mean, some of those movements that you're doing in the gym, you put you put to use in real life. Um, plus, you are stronger. So, in the event that you do lift it in the wrong way, you're less likely to be injured.
0: Exactly. I mean, there's been an improvement in biomechanics. Gunnar, many patients with chronic pain feel that exercise will make their pain worse or lead to further damage. Mostly, though, exercise can have the opposite effect, especially for low back pain. I mean, it can improve pain and function even as we age, and several studies show this. Have you seen improvement in pain and function in older adults that you've trained?
2: Well, I have one guy... Uh, a pediatrician who just turned 68 or 69 uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wrote him a little happy birthday thing he had trained here the day before his birthday. And he just wrote me back, You keep me alive. Wow. And he, I've heard him say that to people. And while, you know, it may be a bit uh, of an exaggeration, in his mind, there's a confidence that comes with. You know, his 68-year-old body pushing a sled up and down my gym and (laughs) stopping at every column and doing 10 push-ups in between. And when he gets to the far end, putting his foot up on one of the bars of the sled and doing 10 split squats and then the other leg and then pushing it back, he's like 68, 69 years old. He's Uh doing this. Yes, he is. And he knows that that helps him see, I don't know, sometimes on a Monday he sees 65 kids Mm -hmm. and he knows that this, this helps him get through it. He's better now than he was 20 years ago, and he knows
0: that. That's really a terrific story. You know, we're not sure exactly why exercise helps pain, or specifically low back pain, but it may somehow tune down a hyperactive nervous system. Gunnar, now, in your experience, what kind of fitness program, that is strength training, aerobic training, helps the most with low back pain?
2: A consistent one. That would be the first thing. The second thing I would say is there's a way to do everything. So you don't have to pick, but if you're making me pick, I would say a fast paced strength program, Mm -hmm. which is what that's my wheelhouse. And because I don't want to say do your weights, then do your cardio, do your cardio, then do your weights. I would say do your weights in a way that, um, give you a cardiovascular response because I want you to get everything out of this and don't tell me you don't have time to get everything because <laughs> I'm old and I've been doing this forever and I get up very early and I can still do it, so you can too.
0: Okay. Well, in fact, I heard that you get up really early, uh, something like uh, 3.30 in the morning.
2: I do. But look, there's no. you're not a hero because you get up early. And people oh, that's unbelievable. No, it's not <laughs> unbelievable. If I go to bed at 8 or 9, that's not unbelievable. If I go to bed at 11... I don't know if it's unbelievable or stupid. Either way, it's it's. I'm just working one side of the clock, whereas you're working the other side. You know, if you're up watching late night TV or doing a movie marathon until eleven, twelve, one, that's as heroic as my getting up at three thirty. It's just you know, it's what we do. Mm-hmm. Pastry chefs get up early. I just did a thing with a, a pastry chef from New York, Dominique Ansel, and he gets up the same time I do, and I thought that was funny. You know, but but I train a. a very popular uh, DJ, he gets up at 11, 12, 1 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. He's also going to bed at 3, 4, 5, 6. So, less people awake, less people able to bother you, right?
0: (laughs) Right. Now, Gunnar, for patients of mine with low back pain, I will send them to physical therapists, and I ask the physical therapist to focus on exercises that strengthen or stabilize the spine for pain reduction, injury prevention, and improving posture uh, and body mechanics. And there's evidence that these types of exercises can help reduce chronic low back pain, perhaps more than acute low back pain, and it may even help with returning to work. What sort of functional training program around the spine have you found beneficial?
2: Working the body in transverse plane, so rotation... It's been my experience that a lot of trainers shy away from that maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, especially with resistance. And it doesn't mean just you know doing twists with a broomstick across your back, but it means uh, swinging motion, chopping motions, um, uh, pulling motions with the weight at a distal point. To me, those are important, and those are real life. You do swing a bat. You do swing a golf club. You, you do throw a ball. Those are all you know, just think of getting in your car and reaching over your left shoulder and pulling the seatbelt across your body. That's transverse plane. You're working in that rotation. Mm-hmm. And if that seatbelt is caught, there's a little tug on it. And so there is resistance. So you have to train in that. Right. You know, think of how many guys, uh, and this is, you would probably know this stat better than I do. Your, their back quote unquote goes out mm-hmm. when they reach down to tie their shoe mm-hmm. sure that's the sagittal plane you're coming down but you're usually a lot of times turning to one side because you reach towards the foot as opposed to putting the foot in center mm-hmm. so you, you, there's a little bit of an angle at that and and that's where it goes so you have to train like that you have to do chops to the inside of the foot chops to the outside of the foot chops to behind the ankle Uh, To me, those play a huge part in what we do here.
0: And that's a great example of functional training. That is, training the body for activities performed in daily life. How much time per day should we work out? We'll find out right after the break. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Teva, a leading global pharmaceutical company committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Bioness, a leading provider of solution-driven medical devices and rehabilitation technologies that provide functional and therapeutic benefits for individuals affected by pain and central nervous system disorders. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter at DrPaulChristo And like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook.
0: Welcome back. We're here with Gunnar Peterson. Gunnar's a trainer for professional athletes and celebrities like Jennifer Lopez and Sylvester Stallone, as well as everyday people like you and me. Gunnar, how much time per day do you recommend your clients spend training? Because some of the research that I've seen suggests that it should last more than twenty minutes and be customized.
2: That's funny. I think uh, I used to do this in a presentation years ago. The Secretary for Health and Human Services said sixty to ninety minutes a day and everybody know, like, No, you can't ask me to do that, it's too much and <laughs> he's like, I'm not asking you to do that, I'm telling you what our research shows us. Mm-hmm, right. So, Let's use that as a jump off. Let's say 60 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. What is that, 8% of your day? I did that math once years ago. Um, and you say, well, I can. not Okay, so then I would say, what can you do? Do what you can do. Because some days you're going to be able to do 20 minutes, and other days you're going to be able to do 90. It's like a diet. Overall, if your diet is great, you're going to look and feel great. Mm-hmm. It's. I don't expect you to be perfect all the time. So right. shoot for perfection. If you end up at 80 85%, that's great. Oh, in life that's great. Yeah, yeah. But if you shoot for 80 85% and end up at 60, well, last I checked that was an F.
0: <laughs> well, but I like the flexibility in what you're describing here in terms of the time requirements for exercise. Let's move now from low back pain to other conditions like osteoarthritis, for example. I mean, OA often restricts movement of the spine, the joints of the arms and the legs. I mean, other conditions like diabetic peripheral neuropathy can be extremely painful and make people avoid using their feet. Now, if you look at some of the evidence-based research, for example, in post-stroke patients, I mean, it's found good benefit in functional tasks performed in everyday life because their rehabilitation and training has focused on these basic functions and tasks needed for living. It seems, then, that we could achieve the same gains using the same type of exercise training in patients with osteoarthritis or neuropathic pain conditions like diabetic peripheral neuropathy. What do you think?
2: 100% I agree with that. And I would do it as a a prehabilitative so that when you get to the point where you need it in a rehabilitative setting that that you're not, it's not all new to you. Mm -hmm. And it's it's going to be harder that way. I always try to incorporate something where I hit every joint in the body, where I move the way I do a full body stretch head to toe. My other trainers laugh, you know, the, the studies on stretching are inconclusive. So, and I said, okay, but how about this? In my mind, I feel better. My body, just from a circulatory standpoint, I know I'm getting blood to every joint. If it's, bringing in nutrients and it's flushing out toxins, why wouldn't I do that? Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a 10, 12-minute stretch, your mental acuity, just the circulation. People say, I want to shake the cobwebs out. That's how you do it. That's movement. And if you do that prehabilitatively, hopefully down the line, if you do become injured or if that condition uh, is part of your life, it's less severe or easier to to work through it. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, what you're describing seems like preventive medicine. And further, what would be helpful for osteoarthritic patients, uh, patients with rheumatoid arthritis or low back pain, or or really just any painful condition uh, that leads to altered posture and body mechanics? Because things like injury or surgery or pain can lead to mechanical changes in the body, which affect balance and body alignment.
2: I would recommend a strength training protocol. Again, my go-to, foam rolling, lying on a foam roller on... If you take a foam roller and put your spine on it so it's not perpendicular to you, it's your spine is on it, mm-hmm. and bring your arms up into a T position, you just feel how thoracic spine opens up and you mm-hmm. go, wow, partially. Some people do that and it, it literally takes their breath away.
0: Wow. And how about balance?
2: Man, balance is something that if you don't use it over time, you lose it. And I see people who at one point, uh, you know, never had a problem in their life doing anything, and, and then they, they reach a certain point, and they've been inactive for so long, and they, they have trouble literally walking the straight line. Mm. I mean, forget alcohol. If they were doing a DUI <laughs> test, they would fail mm-hmm. on the line on the track in my gym. Wow. And they go, my balance is terrible, my balance. And then, you know, you add a load to that. You add a kettlebell, you add a dumbbell, and, a cha- and, and it's even worse.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Let's look now at sports. Because some of the research in sports specifically shows that functional training leads to better strength and importantly, a decrease in joint pain by around 30%. Have you seen joint pain reduction in both athletes and non-athletes?
2: Yes, and I would say that goes back to circulation. So I always tell the kids, circulation is everything. What does that mean, Dad? It means that when the blood is moving through the body, the body can work the way it's supposed to work all the systems are go, and everything is firing, flushing, recovering the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Water runs the show. That's a line I poached from my nutritionist, Dr. Golia. If you look at how much of your body is made up of water, it would shock you, how much in the brain, how much in the muscles, how much in, just in, in, your, in your systems in the body is water. You have to have water. You have to hydrate mm-hmm. water and then circulation, and water helps circulation. So, You know, the two go hand in
0: hand. Water really is important. We did a show a couple of years back on knee pain with Joe Montana and an orthopedist from San Francisco who said just that, make water your primary beverage in terms of joint health. Now, with respect to osteoarthritis, several studies show that osteoarthritic pain, especially the knee or The hip gets better with both aquatic exercise and land-based exercise, but you have to continue the exercise program to maintain the benefits, which makes sense. Now, what's your feeling about load-bearing exercises in reducing osteoarthritic symptoms? They're
2: everything. Weight training is everything. I mean, you, it's, you're crazy not to. At some point, you're crazy not to be doing some kind of resistance training, load bearing exercising, weight lifting, body weight move. You're crazy not to. Mm. And people say, what about yoga? You go, okay, but that's you're doing push ups, you're doing planks, you're doing squats, you're doing single leg poses. That's load-bearing. Yeah. I would prefer an external load add to that, mm-hmm. but that's just me. If you're not doing that, but you're doing the yoga, I'm fine with that. Okay, Pilates, great, perfect, wonderful, keep going.
0: <laughs> well, listen, how can we motivate patients in pain to exercise? Coming right up after the break, I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains.
1: Aches and Gains is supported by Boston Scientific, a leader in microelectric implantable technologies used to treat chronic neuropathic pain. The Pain Community, a web-based nonprofit created by people living with pain. Check out paincommunity.org for information, references, advocacy tools, and a premium section to securely interact with other members in forums and chat rooms. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com.
0: Welcome back Gunnar, I have a lot of patients who have different painful conditions, and invariably, I find it extremely difficult to motivate them to exercise. How can we do that?
2: I don't have to motivate anybody. you kidding me? (laughs) he has got an $18 million contract riding on this. Mm -hmm. You may say, well, I don't have that contract. Exactly. Okay, but first of all, I don't want to be on the sideline with my kids. I I, I want to be on the field with them. I want to be throwing the ball with them. Mm -hmm. But if I can't do that, at least I want to be... Walk down the aisle with them, I want to be active and participate in their life my My mom is seventy nine and she'll go horseback riding with us and she did a bungee jump with us three or four <laughs> years ago. Wow. to me, my motivation is the kids i want to I want to have the lifestyle I want to do all the things. That I work so hard to have the money to pay to do, whether that's Mm -hmm. skiing or travel. You know, I walked, I just came back from a trip and I was walking through the airport and I thought, holy cow, this is a long walk from the plane, just a baggage claim. I should have not checked a bag. That was my first thought. Then I thought, how do older, deconditioned people Mm -hmm. do this? I mean, you want to travel to Europe. The the flight alone takes something out of you. Then you land after 12 hours of inactivity, and you have to walk this... I mean, it's a long walk. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't want to work my whole life to save up to have the ability to travel and then not be able to do it. So that's a motivator for me.
0: Okay. Now, once somebody starts a fitness program, assuming we can motivate them to do that, how can they make it an ongoing part of their lives? That
2: has to be something that you treat Like a job interview or a first date or a doctor's appointment should be, your workout, in my opinion, should be as unthinkable to cancel as any of those things would be. Mm -hmm. I had this discussion with a performer client's manager, and he said she canceled, whatever, third day in a row. I said to the guy, I said, dude, what are we doing here? She's hosting an event. I mean, come on. And he goes, well, we're trying, and this is a priority to her. And I said, no, it's not. (laughs) And he goes, it is, period. That was the whole text. It Mm -hmm. So I copy-pasted the definition of the word (laughs) prioritize, where it says to put ahead of and before other things. And I said to him, and I go, no, it's not. And he writes, point taken, and she has not missed one since then.
0: Hmm. Well, that may seem extreme to some, but look how effective it was. Now, Gunner... Have you seen exercise reduce sensitivity to pain? And I ask because uh, there's a recent study that indicated that if you rarely move or exercise, there's actually more muscular tension and higher sensitivity to pain.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I'd have to think about it, but off the top of my head that sounds right. Mm-hmm. That sounds lo- that, that's linear to me. I'm with that. Okay. How about if you exercise or move every single aspect of your life will be better. Mm-hmm. Period. You will be a more patient parent you will be a more understanding spouse you will be more physically fit to maintain an active sex life you will be uh, more able and capable to do whatever physical tasks from honey will you bring the groceries in to i got to take that one hedge down a little bit all those things you got to carry the dog food bag and all those things will be easier your mental acuity will be sharper which means less errors at work which means arguably higher pay at work less absenteeism Bring up a category, and I'll find a way to trace it back to you. If you work out, that would be better.
0: (laughs) I don't think I could bring up another category, and now I realize why you're a fitness guru. And extending this even further, did you know what? There's a study that shows that simple walking can reduce chronic back pain. Let's shift now for a second. Unfortunately, I have several patients who feel demoralized because they live a life of pain. I mean, they've said things like, life as I knew it is over. How do you think your program could change all that?
2: Maybe the new life is better. You watch a football game and you go, God, that guy can really move. And then you think, I could move like that when I was 23. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe, maybe not quite like that, but (laughs) I can't do that now. But I can still work out and I can do other things that are as rewarding or as amusing or as beneficial to me. So I focus on, you know, it's like you tell your kids. We get what we get. We don't get upset, happy for what we have, not unhappy for what we don't have. Mm Mm-hmm. Stop whining about what you can't do and don't do. Get excited about what you can do and will do.
0: I think that's a really good message. And and how would you design a functional fitness program, morning, noon, and evening, for those in pain? Say low back pain.
2: Uh, I would have it be a full-body program. I'd have it be something where your heart rate's elevated, your your core temperature's elevated, and then I'd probably put you through a series of stretches. Mm -hmm. Circulation alone will will help the headache. Mm -hmm. And then I'd have you do multi-joint movements, Activating the core, obviously, which fires first, but targeting it so that you are going to work the muscles in the lower back. But if you wake up and say, like, "Oh, my back's sore," okay, relax. It's like your biceps sore, or your or your calves are sore, or your abs are sore. It's just a muscle group. Mm-hmm. Don't freak. If your back gets sore, <laughs> back sore back muscles is different from back pain. And, and when you learn to differentiate between the two. That's the path to freedom, or that's the beginning of that path.
0: Now, if we can't get to the gym, what are some simple exercises that we can do at home?
2: Easy, and the way you sequence them is key. You know, go squats to push-ups to crunches to planks to Superman, stand up, do it again.
0: Wow, now that seems easy and fast. Now, I've got to ask you about your exercise program for dogs and cats.
2: Ha! That was funny. They approached me to do that because I had, as you mentioned, 3.5 dogs. Mm -hmm. I had different dogs then. They have passed, but I have new ones. I keep the house full of dogs. I think my house is a home partly because of those dogs. Mm -hmm. And they talk about pet obesity and and dogs do, you know, when you first get them, you walk them, you take them out, you do all that stuff, and then that falls off a little bit and then you end up treating them up all the time as opposed to taking them for a walk or playing with them with the ball and they enjoy both Uh but you become lazy they don't and then they put on weight as a result of the decreased exercise and the increased treats which you're using really to assuage your guilt (laughs) so we found a way to put some movement back into the dog's life it was it was was a lot of fun to do that program
0: it sounds like it before we close what should we remember about exercise and pain
2: The, the, the lack of one promotes the other and that when you shore up that lack, you'll reduce the other. They are they are inextricably linked.
0: They are indeed. Gunnar Peterson, it was a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time, and I hope people get something out of this. They definitely will. And I want to thank everybody for listening. This is Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains.
1: The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.